sit and join the shade. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Drink the drink that I have made. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Tell you why. Oh, good evening. Happy Sunday and welcome to Drink in the Style, brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design. I'm your host, Gregory Rich, and I'm going to help you kill your Sunday early evening with some booze and conversation. Tonight, we are talking about wine, making our theme song all the more appropriate, since we're usually in hard booze. Our guest is none other than Tommy Byers, assistant manager at Mill Valley Kitchen and certified wine professional at the same. Tommy, welcome to Drink in the Style. Greg, thanks for having me. It is a pleasure. I love talking about wine. We've, I've got some strong feelings on wine um, and very little education, which makes me a perfect person to host yeah. a radio show. I'll teach you a couple of things here. I'm looking forward to yeah. it. Our master of spirits, manipulator of hard liquors, Mr. Dan Newkirk is with us as usual. Hello, Dan. Greetings and salutations. Nice. Classy. Very classic. I'm a classic guy. You know you've that. Been, you've been working on that. Mm-hmm. I can tell. You got class coming out of places we can't talk about <laughs> on the radio. It, it rhymes with class. <laughs> <laughs> you have come up with actually a twist on a very popular cocktail at the moment, and I am so excited about this. Well, we should probably discuss why we're doing it, but we're not going to. We're not going to say where we were. Nope. Yep. But yesterday you ordered a uh, tequila Negroni on 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 my reference and. Uh, it wasn't very good. It was a huge disappointment. First, so I didn't, I never thought of adding tequila to a Negroni or to a to an Americano, of course, you know, instead of the gin, making it the traditional yep. uh, Negroni. So you suggested it. You were wise enough not to order it. You took a look at the bartender. You took a look at uh, the setup and said, I ordered another beer. <laughs> you had another beer. <laughs> yeah. I, however, did not heed your warning, went ahead, and I had a, uh, a tequila Negroni that was not very good. And what did he do wrong? Uh, well, he didn't. He didn't use the jigger to measure out his his ingredients. No, I mean he just he just eyeballed everything, kind of threw it together. Yeah, and there was even a, there was even a pour spout involved. It was just dump dump dump. Yep, dump dump dump. Not even pour spout. No, just dump dump dump. Yeah, over ice. <laughs> yeah. It was bad. Yeah, it, wow. it, I, I drank it because I'm a trooper. Yeah, and and you know and, can't let that go to waste. <laughs> seriously, I mean an agave plant died for this. It yeah. would be morally wrong. Just like send it back. I mean, eight years before it actually starts producing, I mean, it, it lived a hard, long life. It deserved a good place in your belly. Exactly mm-hmm. right. Exactly right. And and yeah, yeah, yeah. And sending it back. We're going to talk actually a little bit about sending back wines for sure. Because it's a question that I've always yeah. had and always cracks me up. But in this case, I drank it. I just the stiff upper lip, and I muscled my way through that. Not very good Negroni. You're going to teach us how to make a solid. Tequila Negroni. So, Brett, why don't you hit us with uh, some mixing music? <clears throat> so today we're using uh, Milagro, <clears throat> Milagro Silver. Uh, it has some nice earth tones that really bring out the uh, tequila's sunshine. Uh, Campari and Coqui di Torino for our vermouth. has some nice sweet orange notes, uh, kind of calm things down. So we're going to go one and a half on the tequila, one ounce on the Coqui uh, di Torino, and a half ounce for the Campari. You don't, anybody that makes equal parts, uh, equal parts for Negroni is definitely from a different era and they need to step their game up because that's kind of disgusting. <laughs> the different era being what? 50s? This is like the my, old my grandparents style. made it like that. Like that's, mm-hmm. we, we've updated and, and we've refined things quite a bit. It is a strong flavor and, and yeah, it's you not, don't it's need not for everybody. Much. It scares people off when they have an overly, overly Campari heavy mm-hmm. Negroni. Without a doubt. My, my father drinks Campari on the rocks. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's some gangster that, right there. That's that's OG. Like he, he lived in Belgium and 
that's where he learned, or that's where he caught on on that. It was the whole concept. You know that in the James Bond books, James Bond would drink Campari on the rocks yeah. uh, when he went to a cafe or something where he didn't think he'd get a decent martini. Oh. Not a bad strategy. Yeah. Yeah. I also noticed you said the uh, the sweet vermouth that you've chosen is the Koki? Koki di Torino. All right, because that is key. I, I find so many people use basically... Well, when you walk into a bar and you see uh, sweet or dry vermouth on, on the rail and not in the refrigerator, don't order anything with vermouth. And that was your immediate that, as soon as you reached for that, because you've said that in the past. Yeah. As soon as like, that bartender go, reached nope. down there. Why is that, Dan? It, it's a fortified wine, bro. Yeah, okay. Goes well, bad. So sense. why don't you tell me that? I mean, Tommy? I, I understand that, but uh, I mean, if you <laughs> our listeners it, don't understand. If you burn through it fast enough, then yeah, which nobody be. burns through vermouth that fast. Oh, if you make a lot of uh, old fashions, Manhattans, and Negronis, and well, you start putting vermouth in your old fashions, we're gonna have to have a talk. About I'm just that. saying. Just- <laughs> All right, it's fight night here on Drinking the Style. <laughs> Three men enter, two men leave, and Finish I him. get completely loaded. All right, it's got. Uh, it, it, we've mixed, uh, uh, stirred rather than shaken, of course. Now, another uh, interesting point, my wife actually prefers to have a little bit of club soda in her Negronis, which technically makes it a Negroni highball, correct? Correct. Excellent. Thank you for leaning in on that. <laughs> oh, it looks beautiful. And how are we going to garnish this drink? With our mouths. Really? Would you not no. normally use an orange? No orange. Sometimes I add an orange, sometimes not. The orange, I'm sometimes add a bit of a bitter note to it. And it's already a bitter enough drink. Again, I don't have bitters of this drink because the the, the Campari is already bitter enough. The, the orange is, is is more for show. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, this these are such strong flavors. Even if you express it over the top, you're not going to get as much as you would off of a different drink. Uh, sometimes, again, as you've heard me say, less is more. Fair enough. Absolutely fair enough. Mm-hmm. It looks great. It looks absolutely great. The color is solid. We've got these distributed. So I'm so excited, and I've been drinking tequila already all day today. So <laughs> all day, all right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were gonna do Bloody Marys at the uh, at the showroom, and we only had enough Bloody Mary mix for a single one. So I, being the fearless leader that I am, and the guy who does the hard work, decided that I would just have a shot of tequila, and everybody else could have the Bloody Mary. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So you have a barb in there? Oh yeah, you does. get a little like man cave going <laughs> I on. I do. Yeah, I do. You need to cool. swing in and see my office. I do. Listeners, Just... also, if you ever want to swing into habitation, my office is in the back. I am always welcoming guests who can come back. I'd be happy to show you a very nicely stocked bar. Yeah, I'm sure. Of course, chances are I'm going to make you just drink a shot, just because I'm too lazy to go and get ice and uh, mixers. But luckily, I got good booze. All right, this is delicious. How would you describe the difference between this and I mean and and What's what's the fundamental flavor impact of tequila versus gin, aside from the obvious? Well, I mean, depending on what kind of gin you use, because the gin kind of runs the gamut, whether it's botanical forward, uh, whether it's citrus forward, whether it's juniper forward, uh, or tequila just has that earth, that that dirt, that good, good dirt. That's a great way of putting it. You're right. It definitely. Folks, everybody's drinking Negronis these days. It's really, really popular, and I think that's a really good thing. But you know what? Throw in some tequila. This is a major change, and this really... It's perfect, especially it, for summer. It does step the cocktail game up, though, because it's booze on booze on booze. Yeah. Um, so it, it definitely hits home for those that don't drink very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, I think we're all going to be fine at this table. Oh, yeah. if we can't do it, it's nobody can do it. <laughs> 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 all right, Tommy, random question. Same yeah. one. We usually ask a random question. First, are you a handy guy? Uh, yeah, I consider myself somewhat handy. I fixed my car the other day. And... Is that the thing? Because that's the question. What is the last thing that you fixed? Uh, I fixed my AC. Really fixed an AC? Yeah, so I just after I, the heat wave. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, yeah, right. That's why I did it. Um, <laughs> right. Recharged the AC. 
Um, I think something with the, the levers is wrong. Me and my dad do all the work in my car. I drive a, a Volvo 1992 Volvo wagon with 300,000 miles on it. And I like, actually wow. like that. Yeah, That's I've awesome. had it since college. And, and away you're going. And I, I still cruise in it, man. I love it. You can put a dog in there, four dudes, and my bike, and I'm good. Of course, to fix that AC, that's old school. You got to do the uh, the old Freon that they would come yep, through. Yep, and you can go to the, the hardware store and just go get a charger or like a AC or the auto parts store and get the AC charge for it. And love it. Pretty All straightforward. Right. Yeah. Auto repair and Negronis. Yeah. Come on back. We're going to be talking <laughs> about wine in a second. Don't worry. There'll be days like this. Habitation Furnishing and Design is simply the best furniture design studio in the Twin Cities. What is a furniture design studio? It's a place where you'll find professional interior designers who are there to help you select the perfect furniture. A single sofa or an entire home. Our designers love making spaces exceptional. When you're shopping for furniture, it makes sense to talk to a professional. Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. Did you know that Habitation Furnishing and Design has the area's largest selection of Noir and CFC furniture? Are you familiar with them? I once had a customer describe Noir as a cross between restoration hardware and Beetlejuice. I love that. And CFC, bench-made furniture out of the heart of California, is definitionally cool. In any event, check out the lines at NoirFurnitureLA.com and then swing into the store and check them out in person. Habitation Furnishing and Design, one mile east of Highway 100 on Excelsior Boulevard. This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style every Sunday at 5 p.m. You know, I'm often asked what kind of furniture Habitation offers. Now, I can go two ways with this. I can say something like, Habitation specializes in warm, modern, raw, industrial, and organic contemporary home furnishings. But what does that mean? It means that we have some really cool stuff, and that is the answer that usually goes over better. But cool doesn't mean crazy. And I'm proud to say that everything we offer at Habitation is functional and comfortable. The type of furniture that will allow you to express yourself, but still works every day. So there it is. Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. It's the Twin Cities' best furniture and design showroom. That's life. That's what the people say. Riding high in April, shot down in May. I know I've got to change my children. Welcome back. Welcome back to Drink in the Style. One hour conversation about art, architecture, and anything aesthetic. And this week, we are talking casually about wine. It's a great, great subject. And we're being entertained by Van Morrison, by the way, which is, who knew that Van Morrison covered That's Life? I mean, it's a great tune, isn't it? Tommy, you a Van Morrison fan? I am, yes. I, uh, I actually listened to it with my mom as a kid. Really? Yeah, she got and me into it. Good for her. Yeah. You're a solid mother then. Yeah, we used to jam in the car. and Yeah. Enjoy. My first, first jam sesh with mom. Really? Yeah. My grandmother used to play Jim Croce. I can remember. She had this red... I don't remember what it was necessarily, but it was this red subcompact car in the '70s with black vinyl interior, hot as hell. But yeah. she used to she used to blast, or not blast, but she used to play Jim Croce and a good deal of Paul Simon, which was 
still to this day, some of my favorites. Dan, what about you? What we, you we did a Paul Simon, didn't we? I think I have put Paul Simon on okay. the show. I, I had a fine blend of uh, <clears throat> my grandmother made me listen to George Jones, who I think I've said before in the air. No. He makes her teeth sweat, and both of her teeth are false, <laughs> top and bottom. And then my mom was into the big hair band, so I just rocked the hell out to Bon Jovi. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh wow. wow. It was bad. Hardcore. Yeah. That's awesome. George Jones is a realtor in Minneapolis named George Jones. He's got a house listed down the street from me. And every time I drive by it, my kids can't stand it anymore. No one knows what goes on behind closed doors. <laughs> and they just roll their eyes. I'm more of a I stop loving her today kind of guy. Really? Just want to get sad. Aw. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Speaking bad. of sadness, let's talk about wine. Let's talk about wine. Some, Tommy Byers. Some juice. Yeah. First of all, you are a certified wine professional, yep. correct? Yep. Certified wine professional, uh, WSET Wine Spirits Educational Trust, uh, level two. Okay. Don't Curren- know what that means. Currently, it's a uh, it's a group that um, basically it's a certification that you get for you know your knowledge of wine tasting, pairing, things like that. And um, currently working on getting my certification for uh, sommelier. Fantastic. How do they do it? What do you start with? I mean, is it all academic to begin with? Where does wine come <clears throat> from? This that? Yeah, it's kind of a, a self study thing. You got to really be passionate about it, and then you find kind of small groups and then little classes and. Fortunately, um, St. Paul College actually offers the wine um, certified wine professional and WSET uh, okay. classes and courses. And you start basically, what is juice? How is it made? Mm-hmm. You know, what uh, what is fermentation? Whether it's with yeast and how alcohol is made, mm-hmm. just like liquor. Um, <clears throat> and then it, Newkirk. Yeah, which is yeah, <laughs> yeah. new to him, Oops. I guess. Yeah. Um, no, uh, so then you go into, you know, different varietals and regions and terroirs, they say, um, sun, soil, uh, oceanic influence, um, all the different nuances of what makes something taste the way it tastes. Okay. The, the amount of studying that goes into like any wine program, if you want to advance, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, seriously. Especially when you get into regions like, uh, <clears throat> that are, that are very in-house, uh, like Italy, mm-hmm. like, oh, gross. Yeah. Like my brain hurts trying to think about you know figuring out viticulture and where it comes from and oh, it's it's insane viniculture yeah I, I I give I give so much respect to anybody who does the wine stuff because I don't have the attention span for that I just don't there's no so, doubt there's so much out there and um you and know it's constantly changing it's changing and, and you know what I always get a kick is when you drink this vintage let's say it's 2013 it's a Pinot Noir from you know uh, Burgundy or Willamette Valley or California and you drink it and it's the last one on the shelf. You're never going to drink that ever again. But a cocktail, you can pull out a cocktail list and remake that cocktail every single time. So it's an experience that cannot be necessarily repeated. Mm-hmm. Exactly. A fleeting moment yeah. on the palate and in because time. Every vintage will be the same. And, and, a yeah. wine of a certain vintage. Yeah. <laughs> and everything could be different. It Shout could out be... to Catherine Lehman, Stephen <laughs> Vincent Design. <laughs> Um, and it could be different every year, whether it's a, a fire, you know, like the fires of 2017. Um, they made some of the wine taste smoky. It tastes like charred barbecue. People like that. They get a kick out of it. It's different. Where was the where was the fire? Uh, that would have been in California. I believe it was in Southern California or Northern California. All right. So in, I, I had this laid out as a question later on. We're going to jump into it now. So, all right. So... Y- you know that if you're looking at a wine list and in 2017 from that particular region, if you mm. pull a particular wine, you're going to get that smoky flavor, correct? Yeah. Yep. And, and what was the region? 
Uh, it would have been California, and I, 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 I might be mistaken whether it was Northern or Southern California, but okay. So that gives you kind of the start because here's yeah. the the thing with with wine lists that we're going to run down through is you know it is a random collection of numbers, names, and regions to mm-hmm. most people. Yeah. And yet that is not the case. You can actually start to make broad decisions based on what you're seeing in front of you, correct? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's a foreign language to most people when mm-hmm. you look at a wine list. And to um, really make it uh, accessible to the general public um, and your guest, um, you have to work with, with them and, and me being a wine geek um, I can look at really anything and know where it's from, who's producing it, what vintage, and was that a good year? Um, not everyone can do that. Like example being in the in the wine world, uh, 2007 Cabernet from California is like the, one of the most heralded uh, vintages, yep. like in, yeah. in like the, the early 2000s. Is it? If you come across one of those, like big dingling swinging, it's it's a it's a good one. But yeah. It's gonna cost you, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, and each vintage is different. You know, if it like hasn't been drunk before. Yeah, mm. if, it's, if it's not all gone. And, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's sometimes probably going to be Sometimes you come, come across a, a list and it's on there and it's a gem and you're like, oh, I'll take it, you know? Like sometimes you'll find you'll find people that don't know what they have in their inventory and you come across, you're like, I'll take one of those, please. Interesting. What about, all right, have you uh, have you ever looked at the, uh, the app Vivino? Oh, my gosh, yeah. All right, what are your <laughs> thoughts on Vivino? Uh, well, I'm currently ranked 400 in the United States. Really? Yeah. Oh my God! Me and my me and my friends, we we challenge each other. You just gave him a wine boner. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's a technical term. Yeah. Is that wine on the yeah. sommelier? Yeah. 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 Sure. I'm a huge fan. I mean, it's great for folks who don't know yeah. Vivino. V i v i n o. Available as an app on free iTunes app. or and it is free. Yep. You can take a picture of either a bottle or a wine list, mm-hmm. and then it will read that. It takes a few seconds, but it's going into the cloud, and then it's going to give you an evaluation of each of the wines that you're seeing in front of you. Mm-hmm. Well, so you cool. stand by it, right? I stand by it, yeah. I categorize all my wine, not all of the wine I taste, but about 75%. Um, it's great to look back to see when you tasted it, what vintage, and um, your notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use that um, with uh, tasting with uh, general like um, education for my staff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll use that. I'll flip through and be like, oh, yeah, I tried this a uh, year ago, and it was a different vintage, so let's try this vintage and see if anything really changed. Um, also, it's really good just to, you know, sometimes they change the art on the bottle so you know what they look like. And, you know, then you, oh, I've had their Chardonnay, but I haven't had their cab mm-hmm. or things like that. So it's a really useful tool to um, have fun with. You mm-hmm. can also then see what liquor store sells it, mm-hmm. how much it costs. How, who rated it at what, you know, how many stars they gave it, and then what kind of flavors you're looking for. Whether you're looking for something that tastes like potting soil, leather, and smoke, or you're looking for something that's boisterous red fruit like blackberries, blueberries, cherries, and chocolate, you know, so. It's true, and you can do a search, <clears throat> and mm-hmm. then you can also, you can, you can put in the flavors that you particularly are shooting for mm-hmm. within an area. I have a great concept for a liquor store, by the way, based on Vivino, where all you do is just walk in, press the flavors, and a bottle of wine pops out at the price point. Yeah, Make or it, it tells you what area to go, you know, where in the liquor store. Mm-hmm. That might be cool. Done. All right. We're going to take another break and then come back and talk more about wine, some tips, and some ways to decode the whole wine menu. Stick with us, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Drink in the... Blah! You're listening to Drink in the Style. (laughs) 
This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style every Sunday at 5 p.m. You know, I'm often asked what kind of furniture Habitation offers. Now, I can go two ways with this. I can say something like, Habitation specializes in warm, modern, raw, industrial, and organic contemporary home furnishings. But what does that mean? It means that we have some really cool stuff, and that is the answer that usually goes over better. But cool doesn't mean crazy. And I'm proud to say that everything we offer at Habitation is functional and comfortable. The type of furniture that will allow you to express yourself, but still works every day. So there it is. Habitation Furnishing and Design 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. It's the Twin Cities' best furniture and design showroom. Did you know that Habitation Furnishing and Design has the area's largest selection of Noir and CFC furniture? Are you familiar with them? I once had a customer describe Noir as a cross between restoration hardware and Beetlejuice. I love that. And CFC, bench-made furniture out of the heart of California, is definitionally cool. In any event, check out the lines at NoirFurnitureLA.com and then swing into the store and check them out in person. Habitation Furnishing and Design, one mile east of Highway 100 on Excelsior Boulevard. This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design. I have a philosophy. Furniture should be beautiful, but if it's not comfortable, it's not much use to anyone. That's why at Habitation, we work hard to make sure that the furniture we sell is stylish and functional. Unique and useful, what more can you ask for? Habitation Furnishing and Design 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. It's the Twin Cities' best furniture and design showroom. Welcome back. Drinking the Style Sunday. Right now, 5 p.m. here on AM 950. You may be listening this, uh, to us on a podcast, and God knows what time it is and what you're doing, but we're happy that you're here, and we're also happy to have uh, a uh, certified wine expert. Is that the proper term? Yeah, that works, yeah. Tommy Wires yeah, from spot on. Mill Valley Kitchen and uh, and Dan Newkirk from Mercy Mill Valley and uh, and Benedicts and Wyzetta. We are talking about wine and the details therein associated. So, all right, before I forget, and I've talked about this on the show before, and I'm going to make people listen to it again. I have a very complicated relationship with wine. Actually, I don't. I have a very simple relationship with wine. I like it. Mm -hmm. I'll drink it, and I will not complain as a general rule. Mm -hmm. But I did once have my nephew, Alex, who is, uh, by the way, an attorney right now in New York City. I was just talking to him. Listens to the show all the time. So big shout out to you, Alex Rich, uh, uh, bankruptcy lawyer. In, in New York City. May I never need to call you. Yeah. I know. I was What's so up? pissed off. <laughs> I, I encouraged him to go to law school. I, I urged him to go to law school for self-interested reasons. And, you know, the more lawyers around me, the happier I generally am. My wife's a lawyer or my daughters may be lawyers. I needed Alex to be a lawyer. But I expected, you know, criminal law. I need something useful. <laughs> it would work. And in instead, he chose yeah. bankruptcy law. But he did say to me, it was actually kind of funny. He was saying, you know, 
it's just it's just a matter of time, Uncle Greg. Soon it's going <laughs> to yeah. start raining money. <laughs> and it will. But he once called me back when he was, I think, a student or, or what have you, and he asked me for a wine recommendation because mm-hmm. he was going out with a girl and he wanted to impress her. And, you know, what do I order? Typical, yeah. And I said, young man, I will give you the best wine advice you will ever get in your life. Drink whatever is put in front of you. The worst thing you can do is develop a palate for wine before you're 50 years old because it will steal from you your ability to enjoy whatever happens to be on the table and it will drain your bank account. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it as long as you can and when you're 50, learn good from bad because then you can afford it. Mm-hmm. Tommy, I'm going to guess you disagree. Um, I, <clears throat> I'm, uh, I'm on the fence on that one. Um, I, I like to drink good wine, but uh, you got to find a good uh, deal on it. Um, there's good deals on reasonably priced wine as well. It doesn't have to be a... But, but just as a general person going out to eat, yeah. like as, as a customer, not everybody, you know, has your background, your knowledge. Sure. Or your access to awesome stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like going out, you, you don't have to drink a 19, a vintage 1976 from Burgundy or Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can drink a 2016 for 20 bucks and... It'll be just as good as you know anything else. Okay, so let's hit it up. Let's go for the. Let's just go for the jugular on this. Yeah. Somebody sits down at a table. They look at the wine uh, the, the wine list. Mm-hmm. All right. If you're spending, let's say, a retail bottle of fifteen dollar wine, which would otherwise cost forty five dollars at a restaurant. No offense to you guys in the restaurant business. Three times markup. It's cruel. It's inhuman. But it's industry standard. I won't hold you personally responsible. Mm-hmm. What are you specifically looking for? What is, what is the best year to start with for a $50 bottle of wine on a, on a, a wine list? What is the region you're looking for? What's mm-hmm. your best bet? Give some general advice. So general advice. Um, for me, and when people ask me that, and they ask me all the time, um, mm-hmm. it's food and mood. Um, what are you eating, and what kind of mood are you in? Are, are you just doing a patio pounder uh, rosé? Something from Provence or something from uh, California. And or, wait, rosés. Best years for rosés. Um, rosés are, are a drink, kind of a drink now, or you got a couple years on them. There's really no no aging. I mean, you can age young. them, but it's it's a young juice. It's a They're meant to be drunk. Love it. Start kind off of right like, there. A rosé, yeah. just get something relatively fresh. Just put it in your mouth. Just fresh and good patio pounder juice, as we would say. Um, and then, like, let's say you're doing a steak, you know, then you're you're looking for, for me, I'm looking for a cab or something with tannins and a bite. Um, and then what kind of mood am I in? Am I cocktailing? Then if I'm cocktailing wine, which 90% of Americans do in France, uh, 10% of French do. What do you mean? They mm-hmm. drink wine to eat. It's like food to them. Mm-hmm. Here in America, we cocktail wine where we drink it just to have something in front of us. Like here's a whole bottle. Yeah. Cocktail hour. Yeah. Hmm. And we're just drinking it. We don't even have to eat food. It's it's what we do. <laughs> Most we're people just, don't eat food with yeah. wine. They're just like drinking it. But in <laughs> France, it's like they got bread and olive oil and cheese. and accompaniment. It, it's it's part of life. You know, mm-hmm. it is what you, you do it for lunch. You know, you do it for dinner and you do it with family. But but anyways, no whole other subject. But yeah, for me, I mean, it's about all about what mood I'm in and then um, – what grows together goes together is always one of my mottos. So if you're eating like, a, um, let's say, 
uh, cattle from California, you should be drinking some very nice Cabernet or something, you know? It's hey, like, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. So you're going to pick a region based on where the, the food maybe is? Yeah, something like that. Or, um, you know, if it's if I'm drinking uh, Sauvignon Blanc and um, I'm eating a tropical salad, mm-hmm. there you go. You got uh, you got uh, New Zealand wine with a funky tropical salad, and then it goes together. Just works perfect. Interesting. You know, there's this weird. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Oh, hmm. well, you know what I mean. I'm gonna do it anyway. Uh, there was this period at at, at uh, a, a restaurant not far from where I live, called I, I will bleep it out S blank A S S O. Um, and for a period of time, <laughs> they had this thing where whoever was managing or whatever it was decided that they were going to constantly recommend a particular uh, – counter-recommend wines to you. So for like a period of like three months, whenever I would order a wine, the server would always offer me a different wine. And I was like, you don't even know what I'm planning to eat. Mm-hmm. You don't even know what else is going on, mm-hmm. but you're recommending something based on what you – particularly like it makes no sense whatsoever mm-hmm. i will by the way give give that particular restaurant a huge shout out because they also have a liquor store next door mm-hmm. and they allow you, you can to buy the liquor and go over. buy the wine next door with no corking fee and yeah. then their wine list also is based on on you know not that i'm saying on the liquor store yeah run through it but that's smart it's smart business it, it works it works they also yeah. have a great kids menu but anyway so back on the on the on the wine overall so let's say you like cabs mm-hmm. what is Give me the best year for a $50 on the liquor store menu, $50 bottle of wine. That's a Cabernet. Sauvignon. Um, I'd say 2009, 2012. If you can find it for... 2009 to 2012 or 09 or 12? Just those vintages for me. In California-based? California-based. Every region is going to be different. Um, You know, whether, again, like... For example, the fires, or um, there was a drought, or mm-hmm. there was a hailstorm at the end of a harvest. Things like that really kind of beat wine up and make them make each vintage different and good. And mm-hmm. some people are looking for something um, a little funky and off, not so fruit forward. So it, it's all about palate. In the end, everyone's palate's so different. Um, whether you're a non-taster, a taster, or a super taster, mm-hmm. um, and and th- and that's really what it what it comes down to. For me, um, I'll try a wine. I, I may fall in love with it, but I'm always gonna like it. I'll appreciate it. I'll appreciate the hands, the thousands of people that had to pluck that grape, smash it, put it in a barrel, look at it for two years before they could even try it. You know, taste it, and before they can even bottle it mm-hmm. and enjoy it. And it is about the hands, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah. like, all right, tell me if this is true. So, <clears throat> two buck Chuck, Charles Shaw, not three buck Chuck. Inflation. What can <laughs> yeah. you do? Yeah. Part of the reason it's so cheap is that they use uh, thrashing machines, threshing machines to harvest mm-hmm. their grapes. They're basically they're pulling in the bird's nests, the weeds, everything yep. else associated with it. The guts, the insects, the yeah. ugh. The, the, n- the exactly, the the pure nastiness. Is that the case? Is that why oftentimes wines have a certain price point? Uh, yeah, you, you know, and, and it's all about handling the grapes, the way the grapes are handled. Um, a lot of uh, really high-end vineyards and, and uh, growers use, winemakers use, uh, they call it gravity flow. Mm-hmm. So there'll be like six levels. And on the top is where the grapes go in, and they do natural gravity of crushing the grapes. The juice goes in here, sits in here, ferments, and then it goes all the way through. And there's no machines pumping it. And now as the machines pump the, the grape juice, mm-hmm. um, it, it loses complexity and flavor, and it beats up on the juice. And it's not its natural self you know mm. it changes a little bit 
It's which which makes sense because yeah. there's there's it's truth. It's it's that's math actually. Mm-hmm. That's all right. So math. funny segue. It was uh, NCAA this year, and uh, we we got a phone call ahead that we we're gonna have a special uh, celebrity in house, and we didn't know what she was, her he or she, and in walks Jessica Alba. Like really? gosh, she's just as beautiful in person as she is online, mm-hmm. and uh, she walks in. She goes downstairs to the library bar, and she's sitting there for a little while. Everybody's kind of meeting up with her, and uh, her her manager comes up to me. She's like, "She'll take a cab." I was like, "Uh, okay." So I went and, I went and got her a car from the front desk because we we do a car service for her, and the car sat outside for an hour, and I was like. Who the hell does this woman think she is? All the while, he was ordering her a Cabernet. Yeah, take a cab. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like she'll take a cab. I was like, God damn it, Jesus. Sorry, that's that my funny segue. I, I fucked up. Shame, yeah. shame, yeah. shame. Jessica Alba, Alba is absolutely gorgeous. Beautiful. And I got to say, by the way, not to get all Trumpy on this thing, but my daughter Sophia looks a lot like Jessica Alba. Wow. I declined to comment on that. Yeah, no, no, no. She got that same really beautiful Mediterranean look. It was wonderful. Love you, sweetie. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> other questions to uh, Another have? educational note, you know, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon is that the uh, the child of uh, Cabernet Franc and mm-hmm. Sauvignon Blanc. So when they uh, when they blended those two or, or, or made those two and they put them together, they made Cabernet Sauvignon and it so blew up. a white grape? And a, and a dark grape got together, and they made something special. <laughs> That's nice. The old days, they'd have called them a lot of wine. Wow. We're going to have to cut that out, Brett. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We can leave it in there. Let me ask you a question about tasting yep. wines, because this always cracks me up. The, the, the pouring of the sample wine, the taste wine, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody goes through it. You pour it in. In most cases, I say to the server, just pour it. Yeah. I, I don't do that taste because, yeah. you know what, if I'm going to send a wine back, it's got to be really, really bad. Sure. But why the the little sample? Like, if you seriously poured a, a, a glass, corkage. That's what it's all about. It's it's, it's about uh, corked bottle. Um, whether it's uh, um, volatile acidity, acidity or mm-hmm. sulfur or mm-hmm. air got in there. Um, and essentially, what that little sample, that little taste is, is mm-hmm. to make sure that the bottle is 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 fine. But whether you one pour out of twelve glass, are bad. So. Oh wait, okay, hold on. So all right, wait. So so you pour the little tiny sample, mm-hmm. and it turns out to be a rancid wine. Sure, it's gone bad. It's acidic. Very slightly off is 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 what right. happened. Would it really make a difference if you had poured a whole glass of wine? And I tasted it. Do you really have to go through the rigmarole? Uh, you, you don't. I guess the whole glass, I mean, you're going to taste it, smell it, and, and then you're going to know it's off right away. Right. For the most part. I, I was at a tasting last night, and I tasted probably 30 wines. Two of them were off. Okay. Um, and we knew right away. We pulled the cork, and we kind of, like, looked at it. And you can look at a cork and see it's kind of funky. I go by the feel. Yep. I don't go by the taste. I roll it around my finger. I see if it's if it's crumbling, if it's if it's oily. I love it. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, sulfites. Because sulfites are a big deal these yes, days. They are. I'd love to talk about it. Awesome. Drink in the style. Go get yourself another tequila Negroni and join us back here in just a few minutes. Skipping and a jumping in the misty morning fog with all. This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style every Sunday at 5 p.m. You know, on the radio program, I often say that life is the big stuff, but living is in the details. The furniture in your home may be details, 
but that's where you do the living. So why not speak to one of Habitation's design professionals about making your space the best it can be? Habitation, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. Did you know that Habitation Furnishing and Design has the area's largest selection of Noir and CFC furniture? Are you familiar with them? I once had a customer describe Noir as a cross between restoration hardware and Beetlejuice. I love that. And CFC, bench-made furniture out of the heart of California, is definitionally cool. In any event, check out the lines at NoirFurnitureLA.com and then swing into the store and check them out in person. Habitation Furnishing and Design, one mile east of Highway 100 on Excelsior Boulevard. This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style every Sunday at 5 p.m. You know, I'm often asked what kind of furniture Habitation offers. Now, I can go two ways with this. I can say something like, Habitation specializes in warm, modern, raw, industrial, and organic contemporary home furnishings. But what does that mean? It means that we have some really cool stuff, and that is the answer that usually goes over better. But cool doesn't mean crazy. And I'm proud to say that everything we offer at Habitation is functional and comfortable. The type of furniture that will allow you to express yourself but still works every day. So there it is. Habitation Furnishing and Design 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. It's the Twin Cities' best furniture and design showroom. It's a marvelous night for a moon dance With the stars up above in your eyes A fantabulous night to make romance Neath the cover of October skies You know the leaves on the trees are falling To the sound of the breeze You know, I'm drinking the style We play such good music That honestly, I have a tough time breaking into anything It's it's wrong of me I should be a disc jockey Do you agree, Brett? I think so, yeah Thank you. Thank DJ. you very much. Yeah. I should. I should. You're listening to Drink in the Style. We have been speaking with Tommy Byers from Mill Valley Kitchen. We've been talking about wine. We've been talking about booze. We've been talking about all different things. But before I forget, Tommy, Mill Valley Kitchen, any wine specials? Anything going on? Yeah. You know, we do uh, half-price bottles of wine every Monday night. Do you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's been a, kind of a good hit. Um, the list has about 90 bottles on it, and anything from $40 to $120 is half off. All right. So you're getting deals that are even better than at the liquor store. Good for you. So Good for you. It's all about getting butts and seats. <laughs> and if I have to ply you with wine, I'll do it. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, it's a great thing. It's, I mean, that's kind of like Mondays tend to be half-priced wine days at various places because yeah, yeah. that's the slow day at restaurants, right? Yeah, it kind of tends to be date night or half-priced wine, um, something going on, you know, whether it's a, a special, you know, date night uh, fixie coursed out meal. Mm-hmm. Or a special on wine. Every single day, by the way, I do have a special uh, wine that we do, whether it be white or red, by the glass and by the bottle. Really? At What's Mil- the at Mill Valley? Yeah. So I mean, because for a while you had like five dollar lunch bottles or glasses, rather. Yeah. Bottles. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Lunch bottles. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Please. What do I sign? Seriously, I would just show up every morning. <laughs> Here I am. Let's yeah. start work. Um, all right. Let's talk about sulfites because sulfites are. Huge deal. People sure. don't understand them. I don't fully, totally understand because yeah. Europe has them or doesn't have them. America does. 
tell us everything we need to know. Yeah, so I mean, I'm not an expert, but uh, you know, in the wine world, uh, sulfites are pretty much in anything. You find them in uh, apples and orange orange juice. Um, it's a natural occurring thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when people say, oh, you know, I, I, I try not to drink red wine because it has sulfites, you know, white wine has sulfites too. Really? Um, what, well, actually, what is a sulfite? Um, it, it's basically sulfur. I mean, I'm not a scientist on this one, but, <laughs> I, but I do believe it's, it's a form of like a salt. Okay. Um, and that, and it, what it does is it gives people headaches mm-hmm. and it's, and, and people don't like it and it's got a bad rep. Um, so why sulfites are to wine as MSG is to Chinese food? The best thing ever, yep, but it's, no, it's different with wine. Yeah, it's. I mean, when you put it in that perspective, I guess something like that. Sulfites uh, don't make wine taste better; they preserve them and make them last longer. Yeah, Whereas it's MSG is, is like glorious. salt, you know, like it's mm-hmm. preservative. But um, you know, a, a lot of nowadays, a lot of winemakers and producers they do not use sulfites; they don't add any sulfites, but they do have to put on the back of the bottle that there's natural occurring sulfites. So, um, all right, okay, great. You hit it on the head. So, natural occur, naturally occurring sulfites. You can't get away from it. It is a byproduct of the yep. winemaking process, or what have you. It is what it is. Yeah. But then you add additional sulfites. Some, some and in do. America, is it required? It's, Someone once told me that. Uh, you know, I don't know the actual uh, American rules because we kind of uh, do what we want because we're America. Yep. Yeah. But in France, uh, I, I do know that there there is rules on that, and where they, where I believe they do not add any sulfites. Um, it is going to be natural. It's natural yeast on the outside of a grape, uh, natural, you know, uh, surroundings, vegetation that grows around it is going to add some different, you know, flavors and sulfites, for instance. Histamines are what give people headaches. Everyone thinks that, um, <clears throat> a lot of people think that sulfites are what give them headaches. It's actually histamines is, is for the most cause of that. Really? And that's what would be in red wine. Is it listed? Or is it just assumed? It's not listed on the bottle. Um, people just assume that it is because it does say it contains sulfites. So what if you took an antihistamine before drinking the wine? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't get headaches from wine anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm beyond that. Sounds like some R&D coming up. <laughs> I'm above and beyond on that one. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of the um, – the, the gray zone in that. And then, you know, the, the other thing is at Mill Valley, we do organic, biodynamic, and sustainable winemaking practices. Um, what people don't understand is that, for the most part, all of those grapes are naturally organic. Now, it's the winemaking practice, whether it's sustainable, where they don't add any sulfates, where they just use the water on premise, where they just use the soil on premise. They're not bringing in truckloads of uh, beautiful soil from another county or state or country. Um, organic is where they use basically uh, they bring in and they're certified organic and they bring in, they use all this product, this perfect water, this perfect soil and this perfect, you know, they don't bugs that are actually good for the vines instead of bugs that are bad or they use hawks to eat the mice and the vermins that that chew on the grapes and the vines and then you have biodynamic which is um, kind of like you know you you line up the moons and it's time to pluck the grapes <laughs> it's it's like no joke it's what they do uh Gergic hills um which uh, is one of the uh, chardonnays that we sell by the glass um, they uh, are biodynamic <clears throat> And uh, they're great. They've been around forever. Uh, they did the Judgment of Paris, uh, ni- I believe, 1976, and they won. And um, that's kind of what put Napa on the map. And mm-hmm. what they do is they actually add um, tea. They put tea into the soil. 
Um, and that's a biodynamic thing, and it creates all these new different flavors into the soil and the really? wine. And, and shout out to all you Kim Crawford drinkers out there. Yeah. Gurgage Hills is much better. Yes. Hmm. You know, that's fascinating. And, and think about that for a minute. I mean, in the context of, and not to get political, but I'm going to do it anyway, mm-hmm. you know, the context of pesticides and other things that get mm-hmm. added to the soil, get added to the, the plants. You are as an onophile? Is that the right term? Onophile? Uh, Wine expert? Sure. All right. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sounds well, right? <laughs> you are manipulating the 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 flavor of wine based on what you're applying to the soil. You are making that sure. come through. Mm-hmm. And yet, simultaneously, we are throwing pesticides plenty mm-hmm. onto plants and into the soil and acting as if nothing is going to happen. Yeah. It is absurd, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, and when you compare it to, let's say, fruits at the at the store – you know, <clears throat> heirloom tomatoes. You ever seen one? Of course. Yeah, green, yellow. Mm-hmm. It's got little dots on it. Yeah, it looks weird. There's a huge history. What book did I read about? I read a book about tomatoes mm-hmm. to show you really how sad my life is. Off air. <laughs> no, it's I believe great. Yeah. I read some kind of book no, about tomatoes. Yeah. It's interesting, and and you look at bananas, perfectly yellow. Mm-hmm. Ever looked at a banana in the in the wild mm-hmm. growing? No, it doesn't look like different. that. Well, the whole banana thing, I mean, there's a whole – I mean, isn't there some kind of like virus that's going around on the particular type of banana that all Americans eat? Well, that's new to me. That's bananas. It, <laughs> that's driving me in bananas. Banging my head against the microphone. <laughs> no, there is a – there's a – I can't remember the name of it, but the banana that we – the Kavanaugh banana – is is the banana that people think of specific species of it, or <clears throat> but it's only one of many, many, many bananas, and apparently there's some kind of the Canada virus, Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh. like Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Mm, there we go, because he's bananas. <laughs> um, <laughs> Brett. Uh, anyway, um, that's, that's killing that off. But so, so they're manipulating the soil. They're adding things to the mm-hmm. soil, and it was the adding of tea that brought American wine onto the international. <clears throat> no, it, no, it was actually um, so the judgment in France in Paris. Um, <clears throat> there was uh, French wanted they were making the best wine in the world at the time, and they really wanted to. Um, uh, kind of challenge Americans. They heard that Napa Valley had this great stuff, this juice that was like producing and making really good, uh, you know, waves in the wine world. Uh, so they brought them over, and um, <clears throat> Napa Valley ended up kicking France's butt and took first place in re- in a Cabernet and a Chardonnay. Although in truth, it was because they brought over French wine uh, uh, vines following the complete de- demolition of American wine yep. infrastructure in, in the 1950s, yep. 40s, and the 50s, And the pro- right? prohibition did that. Um, and then phylloxera, which is also a bug that, that was eats, eats the things. And uh, we took care of them. They took care of us. It went back what's, and forth. What's the Vie Nation en Blanc? Uh, the patio pounder. Uh, the Vigne Chenin. The Vigne Chenin Blanc. What's, what's uh, that'd the? That'd be Pine Ridge. Pine Ridge. Pine Ridge I think that's it. how they got those those vines started, actually. Probably, yeah. they illegally imported some uh, some vines from, from yeah. uh, France. Nowadays, it's controlled highly, but, uh, but you know, in the 70s and, yeah. and the 60s, they, people would just take grafts of vines and fly them over to California right. and grow them. Which is kind of cool, and, actually. Yeah. So. France, we saved you in World War II, and you saved our viticulture. <laughs> <laughs> We'll call, call the, it we'll, even. We'll call the Statue of Liberty <laughs> even. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. All right. So here it is. Last question I'm going to ask of you before sure. we run out of time on the program. Tell me, if you would, Tommy, what are perhaps the three best questions you can ask to understand a wine if you have a sommelier in front of you? 
Sure. Um, what does it pair well with? Good. Great. Um, body intensity and length. Meaning? Meaning the wine. So when you take a sip, does it have body? Does it have weight on your, on your tongue? Solid mouthfeel. Yep. Mouthfeel. Mouth Dan, feel. you're all about the mouthfeel. It I is. love that word. It's, no, I use it all the time. People yep. look at me give me a weird eye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Length, how long, you know, uh, how long does it, do you get the flavors? Intensity is the same thing. Um, is it there? We're like, bam, boom, and then it goes away. That's low intensity. If it stays, it's that's high. And then uh, complexity, does it change? At first, it's like, ooh, this is great. This, this is fruit juice. You know, I love all this bright fruit. And then in the end, it starts tasting like, you know, potting soil and leather and chewing tobacco, and you get some really secondary tertiary flavors. Um, though That would be two and then um you know honestly their opinion what do they like mm-hmm. you know i want to know when i when i ask a server i go what's your favorite you know mm-hmm. what's your favorite red right now and, and why and hope and, for the best and, and hope that they're not just going to sell yeah. you whatever they were told and to. then value too you mm-hmm. want to have value when you spend money on a product um we try to do that in mill valley where we, where we try not to go above and beyond on the uh, prices you guys have a great, great wine list and, and great prices. Awesome. All right. Well, there it is, my friends. We have drunk and talked our way through yet another episode. On behalf of our guest, Tommy Byers from Mill Valley Kitchen, our producer, Brett Johnson, and our master spirits, Dan Newkirk, I'd like to wish everybody good luck this coming week. And to quote Louis Pasteur, hmm, a bottle of wine contains more philosophy than all the books in the world. Good night, everybody. La 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 la